comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Uh, hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. Now recording, and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is once again not here. But out now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, and this is what this is. This is our third in our series of uh, horror episodes, where we've been talking about the various decades of the horror genre and what they've you know added and what's come from them and what have you. And uh, this week, uh, we've already focused on the early decades, from the 20s to the 40s, and then last week, we focused on the 50s and 60s. And so this week, we're into the 70s, and I think there's enough of the 70s where we can probably talk a full length of one of these bonus episodes exclusively about this decade. Joining me, as always, I we have... Uh, uh, <laughs> I lost my... Like, who, who do I have with me? Uh, joining me, as always, we have, from Star Pulse, Jason Coleman. Yes, I'm here, and we're going to need a bigger boat for this match of 1970s flicks. From JoeBlow.com, Jimmy O. As a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and see, what, see what I did there? Yeah, I, oh, I got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to let that rest. And lastly, lastly, from NaptownNerd and WiseLeBlue.com, Brandon Peters. Uh, I guess the power of podcast compels you. There we go. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. We did it, guys. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because when there's no more room in hell, the podcasters will off the earth. So let's do this. Woo! Let's, uh, let's uh, go. Let's go into. Right. Jason's let's... feeling left out now. Oh, no, I'm right there. <laughs> man. Yeah, see, we needed a bigger Hello boat. Welcome everybody. We need a bigger <laughs> boat. We got it. We got this going. All right. So yeah, this should this should be fun. Um, I think. I mean, we. I thought we. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun talking about the you know the 20s through the 60s. But I feel like the 70s and onwards were going to be a lot a lot quicker given the. Dude, the 70s rule, man. The 70s do the rule. 70s. Oh my god. A lot more of us lived it, and uh, or at least were around the era where they were more. I mean, everything was more relevant. And now, God, you're old. I mean, they're 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 films that I revisit more from this decade. I would say, that's yeah. I mean, two of my favorite horror movies, two of my I mean, two of my top three horror movies are from the seventies. And I mean, yeah, it's just there's Night so, of a Thousand Cats. Night of a Thousand Cats. That's of course and one Tombs of them. Tombs of the Blind Dead. Uh, no, Shivers. Woo! It's a uh, Shivers. Uh, like Shivers. Oh yes. It's not yes. bad. We'll get we'll get to Cronenberg. He features. Yeah, I have cats, by the way. <laughs> we could bring those guys in for. Uh, they could do like the soundtrack. All right. Well. Where do we, where do we, so where do we, okay, let's, let's do this way. Where do we leave off in the 60s? I, I take it like we, we came away, we were getting to, um, we had like, we had like supernatural stuff. We had like Rosemary's Baby came out. We had, mm-hmm. we were going in there and we had the kind of, we had a lot of, we had, we had like prestige filmmakers and as well as like uh, the starting of kind of, cause like the new, the new wave was coming in. So, and that obviously bleeds into the 70s here. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it definitely bleeds into this into 1970, and Christopher Lee is a big with uh, Franco is a big part of that, you know, because he's got literally four films in that that were released in 1970 um, that keep that kind of 
cheesy, awesome, you know, the bloody judge, Count Dracula, scars of mm-hmm. Dracula, and taste of the blood of Dracula. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think absolutely he, uh, he jump started the 1970s, Mr. Lee. There you go. Yeah, we, I mean, we had the beginning of the end for the Hammer Horror. Definitely was mm-hmm. start of the 70s. Um, had that. I mean, as well as like the, the, uh, the Corman Poe and all that the American international picture stuff was sort of finding new ground and like sort of ending its. Well, you, you look at it and you wonder, I mean, cause we, you know, we talked a lot about the universal monsters um, from back, back in the day. And now like, do we have anyone else besides Dracula or vampires that kind of have survived up until this point? We horror? have Dracula and um, Dr. Frankenstein. Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, well, we uh, always have the uh, the uh, the Andy Warhol, you know, the that Frankenstein. That he tried to he brought brought his own flesh to that flesh for Frankenstein. I think what, what year was that? Am I am I off? Am I off a decade? I think that was the seventies. I can't find it offhand. Looking for it. How dare you? You're supposed to know this stuff like offhand. Just all the years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every yes. one of these. I'll find out. <laughs> with, God. With, with that, with, that to... with that being said, I think you guys see my point though. It feels like we we're certainly right. going away from traditional monsters in monster movies and like even even those key monsters, it feels like Dracula's the only one that's really I mean, short of obviously, you know, some of the kind of the lesser known films, I'm sure there's still like mummy movies happening, just not nearly as popular. But, yeah. but there were, yeah, there were some. Hammer oh, Flesh for Frankenstein was seventy three. Well, yeah, I think Hammer kind of. Uh, there was still kind of that. I think it it was a little bit more. Well, definitely they went for the gore more, and we had. Uh, I think Jason brought up last time, like, um, what were we talking? Uh, the, uh, the Wizard of Gore came out in nineteen seventy. I mean, yeah. we started to see a little bit more of the red stuff. Definitely. Definitely. Oh yeah, the '70s. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm just trying to see kind of where well, we also had where, um, the separation is between the two, between where we are now in the '70s versus where we have been. Yeah, Vin, I mean, Vincent Price found a nice little character with uh, uh, Doctor Fives in for it's kind of a back-to-back couple of years with Doctor Fives, but it was more than one movie. And that that movie mm-hmm. actually kind of seems like an inspiration for um, like later films like Seven and Saw. Um, Where you have kind of a, a clever killer type character. Clever kill, yeah, killing. Yeah. I mean, Saw was the seven deadly sins, and I mean, Doctor Fives was killing off these uh, nine. Was it nine plagues or something like that? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's very. I mean, if you watch Doctor Fives, you're like, holy crap! It was right here. Well, even but, something uh, like, uh, the, and obviously Thomas Harris wrote these books, but the Hannibal Lecter character is, you know, it's a person that. That type, that type of horror character, that it's beyond, it's beyond just the, you know, the fact that he's killing people, but more of the menace he presents based on his intellect, which, yeah. which is, you know, I think that actually just comes into play a lot as we kind of move into where we begin to, like the, like I guess, like late '80s, '90s, it really kind of gets us into that zone as well. I mean, especially with something like Scream, where yes, it's obviously self-aware, but it is coming from a place of people that are, they're more knowledgeable and aware of what they're doing in a way, and they can present that in the film. Um, along with just you know, aside from just like the killing portion of it, but I mean that's jumping yeah. ahead of it, I guess. But yeah, Doctor Doctor Pives, that's a good. I haven't seen those movies in forever. Oh, they're so good. First, first one's yeah, first yeah. one's really good. Second one's not too bad. Yeah. But it's it's a step down. And to get back to the Dracula point real quick, um, along with what we'll get to in terms of like exploitation film and things like that, there was of course black exploitation. Um, and Black-y- we had Blackula. Blackula. Yes. Oh, Blackula and 
Blackenstein. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, these are oh, films yeah. that exist. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Thank yeah. goodness they oh. do love those oh. movies. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to Blackula when we get to the '90s and Wes Craven's um, new vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> <I guess>. uh, <laughs> oh man! Wow. Talking about the dredges right there. <laughs> That's a Don't forget, uh, we we also had Vampire Rose Lesbos, so we get, we're we're moving into. Yeah, we certainly un- still have vampire charted going on but, yeah uh, oh, definitely definitely but now what's interesting is by 1973 i think you know i think maybe some of the more prestigious filmmakers had kind of figured out that you could make a horror movie and make it with great actors and make it not you know totally cheesy so i mean 73 you had like the wicker man the wicker man great yeah sisters oh. that De palma did the of course the exorcist mm-hmm. so it was like hey we could take we could take these 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 crazy ideas and and legitimize them with with amazing actors and that's really ex- solid direction. That's exactly what I have so, in my notes right here. Because the mainstream kind of horror where you have yeah you have De Palma, you have yeah. Friedkin making these movies. I mean Spielberg with Jaws. I mean you have these movies that are that are in pop culture that are not just like you know in the in the you know the grindhouse theaters and the you know in the at drive-throughs or drive-throughs drive-ins. You have you have like these big movies that are like events coming out. You have Exorcist, had, which is like it, a, po- a very popular novel that has this great filmmaking team behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean you have these directors that finally came through and were fans of these things, and then they got to a level of prestige where they could, you know, I want to make the big prestigious you know horror movie of you know the things I loved in my past because that's is, a lot mm-hmm. of. It's, you had your first group of guys that were coming up as movie fans making movies. It's funny because you have that reflected in today with superhero films to an extent where you have kind of not necessarily prestige filmmakers, but you have people that are uh, that that are certainly acknowledged in certain circles and let alone the actors involved. And they want to sign up for these things. Sure, it's, you know, it's also a paycheck and like steady work or what have you. But I mean, it's 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 somewhat similar in that fashion. Um well, and it's interesting, the separation, you know, because it really, I, I believe, I mean, it, it, even from looking over the films of the 70s, it seems like there was kind of a separation between, hey, you know, the, these 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 cool, cheesy exploitation flicks and the more prestigious, you know, highbrow, you know, horror movies, which both of which had their had their, their pluses and minuses. So mm-hmm. um, even the next next year it was 74. So you had. It's alive, you know that Larry uh, that Larry Cohen had done, which was nice, nice and tasty and cheesy. And of course, Texas Chainsaw. Again, I had to bring it up to Texas Chainsaw because that was the year I was born, so 1974. And then um, uh, Bob, yeah, Bob Clark with uh, yes. Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, Black yeah, Christmas. And then, yeah, yes. Get into the holiday, the holiday horrors. You well, know, yeah, Black Black Christmas was so ahead of its time, and people forget that Halloween borrowed a lot from Black Christmas. Yeah, I, I love Halloween's one of my favorite movies but black christmas is still terrifying it's still a scary story it started the pov and it, it's a pretty classy slasher flick it's actually With got a good, good sense of humor too uh margot kidder yeah. kills it in that movie oh yeah. she's great literally, well literally she gets killed but oh spoiler yeah. alert spoiler and, alert uh, no, I mean, she... uh, julia olivia hussey's in there i mean it's and john saxon <laughs> yeah it, I know. Not down and, and not down and out john saxon either it's not the same john saxon from elm street where it was like well i better take this it's yeah it's uh, you know he's actually had some clout it was the Lothario mm-hmm. John Saxon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, might that... get, we, we might get back to this, but I, I actually liked the remake, too. I didn't think it was it was bad. I, I was, oh, really? It, I thought I, it was fun. I hated it, the remake. I, I, I enjoyed oh the remake God. for the reasons it didn't want me to enjoy it. But um, <laughs> That's, what, that's we'll a good way to, to put it. We'll get to that. Wow. We'll get to that. Yeah. But also now, again, Silent Night, Bloody Night. What about that, Jimmy? Add, uh, add, I... add, 
Christmas spirit. That you know what's weird is that movie. It seems like it was a better film in my memory when I watched it again. I was like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's not a great one, right? But uh, it, it, it's very dated. But you can watch Black Christmas still today. Right. Why? Sure, it has a you know, it, it feels like a seventies film. But there, dude, there's something really. Those calls he makes, it's, they can't terrifying. do that now. They can't do that now, dude. You don't see the, that kind of language and that kind of intensity in, in horror films today. I really don't believe you do. I mean, Ed, the, I, can we can we repeat some of what he says here? Let's, uh, let's, get, let's, let's go against that. Let's get the <laughs> warning. Okay, okay, here I go. Here I go. You stay, oh. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. talking about intensity, I, I really would like to take it back to Texas Chainsaw because sure. I really do feel like oh, absolutely. that oh, film yeah. was, was kind of seminal in, in, in bridging the gap between – you know, a movie that felt like a documentary versus an actual, like, feat, like a fictional film. And it, 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 it freaked a lot of people out, that movie. And I, it, it's mm-hmm. so much so that, like, years down the road, you still watch that movie and it feels real and authentic. Scene, the dinner table scene at the end is still just so effective. It's the, one of the most insane things I've ever seen captured on film. It's like, my it's favorite just, dinner table Absolutely. Scene. Yes. It's craziness. I mean, you yeah. don't know. Like, when I was, it made me feel so uncomfortable as a kid and I first watched it. And I didn't know what to think. I was like, I don't know if I was I, I was terrified for reasons that weren't just a guy chasing me with you know a chainsaw. It's or funny, killing I, people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny because I love Friedkin's Killer Joe, which has a dinner, a dinner table scene in here, and I want to let me I'll get I'll come I'll circle back to that because something that I find really funny is that so Friedkin does uh, uh, French <sighs> Connection, which you know has a it has that docu style feel. Then he does like The Exorcist, which it feels a lot more polished, a lot nicer, a lot feel more studio cleanly, despite how effective it is and, you know, it's kind of horrorness. Then you have Texas Chainsaw, which evokes, again, that docu-style feel. Cut to, like, years later, you have Friedkin, who seems to be inspired by Texas Chainsaw in terms of making a classic dinner table sequence of just mad, total madness going on. It's... Well, you know what? You know what's fascinating about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and uh, the, the what I what I enjoy? How many arguments have you gotten in with people about how gory it is, and you're like, well, there's no blood. No, yeah, there, yeah. There's no gore. There, the only drop of blood is when he cuts his hand, and people will know. I'm there was gore. There was gore. I'm, no, there was. I think it's. I, I, I think it's just the power of mm-hmm. like. For for me, it's images like that. That 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 uh, that metal silver door slamming hard. Yep. You know, slap putting somebody on a hook, even though you don't actually see it. It's. It's brutal stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, and, and another movie, like, the same thing with <sighs> Halloween. People thought they saw a lot more violence in that movie. Yeah, When no, they first absolutely. saw it. As, like, these movies in the 70s weren't, like, just complete gore fest. They, they were just effective in their presentation that you thought you saw a lot more than you did because it was new and it was shocking right. back then. It's I mean, it, it forces a... later generations to have to show more gore, but... Right. even Even Halloween... It's funny how that's you know called a slasher flick, and he doesn't really kill many. He kills one guy with a knife. He doesn't kill many people with a knife in that, but he's just more, he's more strangling people. Well, that. Yeah. no, no, he stra- he he stabs he stabs a couple people because he, he stabs <laughs> he, sta- he stabs he the stabs one his, dude. He stabs his no, sister. no, he, he, sta- he stabs his sister. He stabs the girl. He stabs the girl in the car. Does he? I mean, oh, he no, no, no. He, well, he slices yes, her neck. He kind of finishes her up after strangling her. Yeah, he strangles her, but he. Yeah, Jimmy's, trust me, I, I know this film really well. Jimmy's defending the knife to strangling ratio. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, I, there's actually more stabbings in Halloween than than uh, there are stranglings. 
<laughs> um, so wait, wait, slightly. Right. <laughs> so wait, he going into seventy five now. Who who who's talking about shivers? Because that's that's right up. Yeah, that's oh, right. So that, yeah, that's right up there for me, man. You know, and then of course, like two years later with Rabbit, but really, again, another you know filmmaker bringing some really eerie, creepy, weird stuff to uh, to, to to horror. Cronenberg, early Cronenberg stuff is just like it's it's sensational. And it was, would you call it super? It's like because because Cronenberg's like body horror is really his mm-hmm. thing. We'll get to that in the eighties, I guess. Right. But was he really doing that? And with his kind of earlier films, I guess it was kind of a a mix of ideas of what he was bringing to the table. There's always a fat been I think been a fascination with Cronenberg with the human body and oh absolutely and and, and skin and physical and even if you look at his son's film which was uh, antiviral same thing I remember asking him in an interview saying is there a is there a uh, a fascination with flesh in the Cronenberg household because there's just a weird thing about the human body and flesh and weird stuff going on and those movies are are, uh, those movies are like are in my in my seminal mind they're just so awesome yeah um also, also seventy five. We have Rocky Horror Picture Show. Does that count in the horror? Well, that's another thing I want to bring up. Uh, uh, kind of the the horror comedy. Uh, right. It's certainly yeah, it's been, I, I it's been so. a. I think it's a fair. Yeah, I think I think I it's got too, but plenty I, uh, of elements. I want to say like horror comedy. Like it's been a it's been a fa- it, it's not new to the seventies. Like you have obviously like Abbott and Costello and B. Frankenstein that kind of stuff no, going on. No, no, but no. I feel like the seventies, between that and like Young Frankenstein, you have a lot more, uh, kind of reflection on the genre and bringing humor to it. Um, mm-hmm. And even like uh, like uh, Black Christmas, we already mentioned. Like, there's a lot. There seems to be a lot more chances taken on how to really mess around with the genre, which comes with experimentation with things like with like things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or things mm-hmm. or, or things like Rocky Horror Picture Show, where you're going a lot very broad with it, making a lot of making it a lot more fun beyond just the kind of the fun you get from the thrills involved of just having like a good time with the movie. Well, well, wait, that, was, get... that wasn't that wasn't supposed to be serious. Barry <laughs> <laughs> well, Bostic was. Everyone else was. You know. oh, well, okay, of course. Well, Rocky Most Horror of... is a is a throwback. I mean, really, again, oh, to, absolutely. The, to the William Castle films, you know, of of of, mm-hmm. of audience participation. Because I saw that when I was a kid, way too young, by the way. I had no idea yeah. what it was, and my dad took me. And it wasn't, you know, now there's a lot more uh, vulgarities and swearing, you know. But back then, it was all props. So you know, we threw toast, we 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 raised, you know, umbrellas, things like that. That that movie is very much on audience participation and i think that's why it still even exists in the theater in the theater today is is that that theatricality of it that audience participation that you know that's what brought it up to that camp level that's why it was kind of weird when you saw it on dvd or something because you were like wow this is kind of you know you weren't there with the crowd no i i saw it with the crowd i saw it with a bunch bunch of drunken teenagers oh yeah no we weren't drinking because i'd be wrong but uh, we, you know, a bunch of a bunch of kids going to see it, and uh, you know, it was it was it was. I love the fact that it was such a bizarre, cool experience. It almost bums me out to see it on video because right. you're like, well, that, yeah, yeah. what's the point of watching this at all? Right, right. They should just ban it. Yeah. <laughs> Watch with friends only. Yes, exactly. Well, don't worry. They have the they have those audience tracks on their the Blu-rays and DVDs. It makes you feel like you're right there. Yes, that's a good one. This is true. Um, getting back to the kind of the, I guess the point, um, Jason, you're bringing up with the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's that gets back to kind of the experimentation that we that we had a lot in the '70s. We had a lot of people trying out new things. I mean, Texas Chainsaw. 
that, that movie, it certainly looks, you know, dirty and gritty and it's really, you know, has that docu style going for it. But it's also incredibly creative. Like from a cinematography standpoint, it, it's doing things that you just haven't seen before in horror films or if like you have that, obviously that, you know, the, that tracking shot that tried that follows the, follows the girl from the, the swing set to the house in that one scene. I mean, there's a lot of, there's oh, a lot of interesting, great, yeah, it's a great, it's a great shot. Oh yeah. My fa- you know what my favorite shot in that film and it still haunts me to this day is that first freaking kill. Not because of you, you, just that the way his body's convulsing is just freaky, just oh, freaky. That that creeped me out as a kid. Nice. Still does. It's the it's the the slam and the way the music yeah. kind of fuses up. I love that. That's I absolutely love that. And it, how he just shuts the door. I, that is yeah. one of the best. And they tried to recreate that in the the remake and just failed miserably. You cannot recreate that scene. It was it, it was perfect. Yeah, I don't know who the production designer was on that movie, but they they <laughs> they deserve an Oscar because holy crap, there was some creepy shit in that house, man. It was it was oh yeah, it was definitely oh, yeah, right. definitely inspired set work, you know, as well as everything else. Well, they definitely translate how like hot and sticky and dirty and gross it it, it was there. I mean, it it was literally that way for them. But sometimes you know that thing might not translate shooting a nice film, but. The, Daniel Pearl just they, he shot the heck out of that movie. It's one of the films that really kind of feel or you know looks the way it must have felt to make it. That's that's the the, the yeah. kind of impression I get from it all the time when I watch absolutely, it. All absolutely, all the sweat really registered. Like I mean, it just came out again on Blu-ray on it with the new 4K transfer, and it looks fantastic <sighs> while still preserving that you know that uh, that aesthetic. And it you know you really see it. You see these people you know bleeding to make this film work, and it comes through. It's just so. And of so course, and of, and of course, the cover on that is Leatherface slamming that door. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is iconic. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Creepy, it's creepy as shit. What else was uh, for what good else reason? Was, what yeah. else was Hooper doing in the seventies? He he, also, he, uh, he did the um, he Salem's did Lot the, miniseries. Eaten Alive. Oh, eaten Alive. No, Eaten Alive was before. Sorry. Yeah. Eaten, yeah no. 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 Yeah. Eaten Alive was, yes. was. What year was that? No, it was after. It was uh, seventy-six. Eaten Alive. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was the second feature. It was in the 70s, so Right. That's fair. Yeah, I see, yes. Yeah. With Marilyn Burns again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 76 also showed us, also got into the kid-killing thing with the omen and that creepy, uh, who can, who can, who can kill a child? So we started getting uh, into, getting into creepy kids. And Carrie was also yeah. that year, even though she's it, not a kid, though, but. No, she was a kid. Well, Carrie, she was Carrie a... brought in the beginning of King adaptations with Carrie and they yeah. had the Salem's Lot miniseries on television. Right. You bring up the Omen and yeah, creepy kid movies, and that mm. was there ever like a heyday for those? It seems like they just kind of pop up every now and then. Uh, yeah, it was the seventies, the creepy kids. Yeah, stuff. well, there's also the fifties. You had the Village of the Damned, and like the, and the, then the, the bad. bad seed. I think there's always yeah. It seems like there's always a few at, at, in in every decade. Right, a few creepy kid flicks. Which right. are yeah. which are movies like, that oh, like? Oh, one of my favorites, The Visitor. Did you guys see that? Yes, oh I did see. Yeah, I did. God. It was in Sam Family. Yeah, with a John, with John Huston. <laughs> um, then like everybody, what's his name? Franco Nero's in that movie. Like <laughs> yeah, that movie is. It's like the. It's like the birds, the yeah. omen, and like a bunch of acid topped on top of it. Like it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> the visitor. Wow. And it has an amazing soundtrack. With the most. I remember I saw. I think I saw it really young as a kid, and I was like, "Wow, can I can I talk like that girl?" Yeah. Every other word, man. She is foul mouth little girl. Yeah, that movie is a. Who's the other actor? Is it William Holden? Is it? 
Uh, I'm looking right now. There's like one elderly actor, or not even elder. Well, I guess kind of old at that time, but like the one random guy who gets killed off, like pretty. Yeah, early. oh, Glenn Ford. Glenn, Glenn Ford. Ford. There we go. Not yeah, right. Glenn Dude, Ford. Yeah. Mel Ferrer, Glenn Ford, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, Lance Henriksen has a small role. He's like, he's wow. Like, he's like the rich early, owner of a basketball early. team. I forgot he was in that. He was in that and Close Encounters. Yeah. yeah. Oh no yeah, words. yeah. He had no Sam Peckinpah in was in that. Shelly Winters was in that, yeah. who I have to read, I have to mention, Tentacles, one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> I'm glad but, that Jimmy's able to pause for dramatic effect. No, <laughs> hold on, hold on. It was a, did, it was a, a, a killer octopus. And that, do you remember the baby? It takes the baby. Wow, that, that movie's amazing. I've been dying to talk about Tentacles. In fact, let's just talk about Tentacles. <laughs> You can tune into Jimmy's podcast about tentacles later on. Uh, yeah, that, that's good. So we're where we are, do the commentary to that. But now, 76 also had well, your favorite movie, Jimmy, which was just recently remade. Yeah, The uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown. I love there that. you go. Yeah, yeah. the crying action. Which, yeah. I, which is yeah. going to be that and uh, the remake are going to be screened on the Epics channel at the end of the month on Halloween. Oh, sweet. I've actually oh, awesome. seen the remake, so... Yeah, so I, uh, and, and, I haven't, you know, so I'm going to watch them back-to-back, since you said it's like a sequel. Yeah, it, it is, and I, I, I kind of respected that. I, I appreciate the fact that they went, instead of just blatantly... They they, they created it in a world where the real-life crime and the... Because it is it's very close to... The, the original film is very close to what really happened. It's really, really spooky. And, uh, you know, this guy with a hood, kind of a Zodiac killer style, going around killing people. I mean, the and, movie's uh, almost told what, like Zodiac... Just like first it hand accounts. It, it, yeah, that's very, it's very. I mean, they avoid with the new film. It's it's much slicker, and they they go for some really groovy camera angles, and they go. It's very slick, but 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 by approaching it as a sequel, and you know, in the beginning of the movie, they're watching the town that dreaded sundown because they watch it every year in this town. I thought that was really a nice change of pace, and it was kind of like, okay, there you go. That's a good way to create something that's a sequel and a remake without. Without kind of, you know, pissing all over what the original was. To jump back a bit, we mentioned The Omen. Um, do you guys like The Omen? Like, are you guys fans of The Omen? I love I The like Omen. I like The Omen 2 better than The Omen. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Omen 2 electric boogaloo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the Omen 2 is good. Jason? The Omen 2 is yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah, I like both Omen films, so yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I have not seen the sequels in the... I don't even think I've seen... Is, are there four Omens? There's a there's three theatrical movies, a TV movie the TV and movie, yeah, right. a uh, and the remake, remake the which is the, the exact same thing with different actors. Right. Yeah. Well, they milked the without the heart. Without the heart. That was bad. <laughs> well, it's funny because I mentioned this from the, the director of A Good Day to Die Hard. Don't let's yes. not we wow. don't talk about this. Um, but the, I, I mentioned the the Omen just because. I, I think it's fine. I feel like, I, I feel like it gets a lot of credit for some reason, and I'm not sure what that is because Gregory Peck is like he's super over the top in that movie, and I respect that's good though, man. I respect some good eyebrow work from Gregory Peck. That's what I come to see him for. But like that movie with the, like the wolf scene and all that stuff, I do love like the the nurse hang or nurse or the maid hanging herself. Yeah, the, that's yeah, a fun the, scene. The... It's all for you. That's a fun scene to do. <laughs> but... And you know what? I, you know, I, I think I'm gonna. Lee Remick was hot, man. She was hot. Yeah. That's that's all that really matters. Yeah. I, I think another movie that that goes with the Omen too and their effectiveness that may have been more of their time and they just got because they were such a, a fad back then that it's kept with them that they're like classic or big time horror movies like the Amity of a Horror as well. 
I don't think mm-hmm. that original one holds up much as well. Another case where I like the sequel better. Um, but you like were... the sequel to Amityville better than the original? <laughs> it made oh my god, that possession? was a mess. Oh, my god, oh man, it's Crazy mess. Town. It's awesome. It was a mess, though. Oh. I mean, that's like two different films, and they, they, it's that is a weird freaking. I I prefer again. I maybe it's my Margot Kidder seventies crush, but Amityville Horror. I I still like. I still. Mm. Maybe it's it's never, it never really worked for me too much. I was going to say, haven't you, ever heard of, haven't you ever heard of So Bad It's Good? <laughs> no, I, I don't, but I don't think Amityville Horror or the original, the, the remake, sure, absolutely, but I don't think the original Amityville Horror is a bad movie. I think it's a, actually a pretty solid haunted house flick. Those two films, the, the, the two Amityville Horror films, are so completely different. It's, it's oh, like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like apples. It compares like apples and oranges. But so it's, I, let's go to Amityville 2 for a second. I think that's the 80s, but my God, that incest stuff is creepy. <laughs> it's creepy, yeah. It wow. You're, sure. I mean, you, there is kind of a year. Maybe you are right. Maybe and that, there's that the, the possession so, stuff so bad. Him good. going around shooting his family in the house. It's just disturbing. Like We, we, just, should, I mean, we should get back to this when we talk about Texas Chainsaw, too, because that's also another very fun and different sequel that I quite admire, yes. even though I don't like it quite so as much as Texas Chainsaw. in 1980. There we go. Yeah, yeah, they're both. Bringing it back it's already come out. Decade. You can skip to that podcast now. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we mentioned The Omen. But what about Carrie? Uh, I there, love Carrie. I love Carrie, and I think it – you know why Carrie works? Carrie is not really a horror film. It's like a teen angst movie. Yeah. And it's it's funny. I just went on a a Twitter um, back and forth with my boss who watched the remake, and he's like, yeah, it was okay. It's not – it's a little bland. Had needed a better director. I'm like – I wholeheartedly disagree. I thought the remake was just utter garbage. It is. Yeah. And and, and I – because I – the the thing about Sissy Spacek – her performance, Piper Laurie, they are so powerful and so watchable. And in fact, everybody in that movie, you know, that, that the stuff that they do to Carrie is just evil. And you, I don't think that movie could be made today well because there's so much going on in well, that, high school. That's so I, I mean, though, I never I, thought I'd say that someone's no Karen Allen, but man, that girl in the new one was no Karen Allen. That That's the thing, though. I feel like you, you could. Karen be, Allen? Wait, yeah, Karen Allen. Who are you talking oh, wait. about? What's her he's name? Like, he's Amy Irving? Amy he's Irving? Like, or, no, he's, or, he's, or, talking about, he's talking about Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Oh, Nancy, Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. De Palma's wife. Former. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De Palma's wife. Yeah. And, and let's not forget De Palma. I mean, he's all over that movie. Yeah, I was going to say, to me, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I agree That's with you. It's a lot of it. Definitely with Sissy Spacey. But yeah, I mean, his, his direction in that movie is, I mean, it's classic De Palma direction, mm-hmm. but it's definitely done in a style that enhances the horror. The whole blood thing, I mean, anybody could just stick blood on somebody, but the, the, the whole staging of that scene is classic De Palma and mm-hmm. done, in a, done in a way that just enhances the horror of the that, moment. It's, that, it's that, amazing the work. Split, the split screen is, is right. so good in that. And a lot of times split screen gets so cheesy and you're just like, oh, come on. But that movie, uh, for, I, I know, and I know people that hate Carrie. I do know, I've wow. met a few people that hate Carrie, but to me, it, it is like the perfect, like, kind of teen angst horror film that I don't, it, it, it holds up really well. It what holds I, up really well. That, what I, what I wanted to say is that I do think there's a way to make Carrie work today because I feel like high schools change. And so that could have been interesting mm-hmm. to put on the screen, uh, you know, kind of with, with bullying. It would, especially because bullying's become so much a thing lately. Uh, well, you know what the problem is? I, Nowadays, it's so, we're so rooted in, in social media and that's become such a big part of it. 
that it's very hard to realistically incorporate that kind of social media idea into a horror without it feeling like a cliche or just kind of a, Oh, I think I think a, I think a strong, confident filmmaker or someone that you know wrote a good script could pull that off. It, it, and it's, it, it didn't you're happen. It and, and, it's it, it, and it's a shame because really that movie was directed by Kimberly Pierce, who I think you know had really shown at that point with Boys Don't Cry and stuff like that had really mm-hmm. shown an, an affinity for telling an engaging story about people who were who were uh, you know oppressed against and being and all that stuff. And I actually thought she was a really clever choice for that movie. I and then too. I and, and then I saw the movie and I was like. This and we're has, like, oh, this oops. has no Kimberly Pierce in it, and which which anybody could have directed it. Then I want to see, I wanted to see Kimberly Pierce's carry. Well, I didn't was, want to see the yeah. studio's carry. That it was, was, that was it my wasn't problem. different it felt, enough. It, it was felt like yeah. a studio it to be. It felt, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, all the like the prom scene was was my huge issue because it felt less like someone releasing this this rage on people because of the torment she's had and just felt more like a Final Destination movie where it's like, look how cool right. we can make the deaths look. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. That was the impression I and got. And you know what's funny is I'm a fan of Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. I think I'm getting her name right. Uh, I do like her, but I did not like her in that film at all. She I, didn't look the part. She didn't feel the part. And everything seemed kind of like she was in, uh, like, I don't know, doing a scene for acting class. Well, that's what it, and I, to, for the record, I, I, I'm, the word's still out for me when it comes to Chloe Grace Moretz as far as her acting abilities go. Um, but for that film, she just, she seems too pretty. That's the main, that's the she's basic way it comes definitely it. Yeah. Too it just pretty. seems too definitely. pretty. It seems like she's very obviously playing down her looks. Let's move away from this. We're talking a lot about the new Carrie. We don't need yeah. to talk about the 70s horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sissy Spacek was the it, – it's funny. She's a, I think she was around 30 at the time. Mm-hmm. I fully 100% bought that she was this awkward teen that was just being just, you know, ostracized and just degraded. What a great horror performance. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, she's, and, and again, and again uh, – it. Even though it was early on, a really great actress, and I, I think that yes. yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. Is when you see these films, the casting of really good actors, you know, and not actors who are you know over the top or cheesy or just you know known for horror, but an actor who's just who has the chops. And sis, I agree with you, Sissy Spacek and Piper Larry both yeah. ama- amazing, amazing work together. If I'm not mistaken, they both received an Oscar nomination. I don't know if one of them won. Uh, neither, I don't think so. Neither of them won. They did both receive an Oscar nomination. You're correct. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Right. Uh, jumping back, just because you did mention you know strong actors in these kind of roles, let's Whatever. go back. To, let's go back to the Exorcist. <laughs> let's go back to the Exorcist because that right. that is a movie that has. Wait. Incredible. We haven't talked about The Exorcist. So no, we've, we've mentioned it briefly, but I mean, oh that movie. Oh, my God. How has... can we not talk about The Exorcist? You guys are failing. Because <laughs> you're jumping to shivers and tentacles talk. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so Exorcist 2, directed by John Borman. Yes. Wow. Oh, The Heretic. <laughs> yes, it is a heretic. Great, great, great. Yeah, no. yeah, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I think I think when we automatically think of the Exorcist, we automatically think of the shocking stuff that that happens with Linda Blair and stuff. But we don't talk as much about that effective because because it's so effective. It's just kind of a given. But that effective work by Max von Sydow, who who the, with the makeup and the work and just amazing, amazing performance, really mm-hmm. focused and interesting, and just met, brought I I think brought a lot of those scenes. Gave them their reality when you could have seen something that might have been a little too cheesy or whatever. He really grounded that work. 
Yeah, yeah he's always he's always seemed old to me because of the exorcism. Right. It makes me think, it's like, what is he, like 175 nah. years old? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, he was, he was 94 in the exorcist. It's like, he's always old. Yeah. But, yeah, That's... there's also him and uh, Jason Patrick's dad. What's his name? Um, he's pretty terrific, too. Um, his arc works. Yeah, yeah. That's Jason what's... Patrick's dad? Yeah, it's Jason Patrick's dad. I can't, why am I not remember his name i can't for the life of me find this movie for some reason right now i'm like trying to pull it um, yeah yeah I, I i know exactly who you're talking about oh, it's really you're, talking about, you're talking about jason miller yeah okay that's jason patrick's dad yeah, yeah jason patrick's dad <laughs> how you can you tell that? i was like how did you make that leap um, and, I'm, and i'm jason patrick's son <laughs> yeah um you but, are yeah. i didn't know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I mean, no, he's he's got a really strong arc dealing with you know questioning his faith and his mother passing and stuff. That's that helps you know bring I mean, him into the madness as well. Everyone works right. in that. I mean, Ellen Burstyn's so strong in that movie. She's amazing. Well, okay, so let's let's talk about uh, one one of the things that was really fascinating about that film is the mother daughter relationship. The scariest stuff. A lot of the, the scariest stuff for me had nothing to do with the Satan. This the the possession. I mean. You know, in the beginning stages when she comes and, and tells that one guy he's going to die and pisses her pants and, you know, in her nightgown, that is horrifying stuff, especially as a parent. You watch that and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, you get past the prologue and into just like Ellen Burson dealing with this initial stuff. That's the stuff that kind of gets to me more than the rest of the movie. Although Absolutely. I mean, I mean, seeing that is this in the director's cut or whatever, where it just has like flat glimpses of the demon, like in the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, in the, the director. Yeah. I, yeah. I do like that. I think that is kind of do you? for, for I me. Didn't it works. Like it that much. I when I, like, when I'm in the okay. right mood to be like, I want to watch a scary movie and be scared. That kind of I, that does work for me. I, okay. But but with that said, yeah, I mean the it's more yeah the actual exorcism that doesn't really terrify me. Maybe it's because I'm you know not Catholic or Christian or. Because I've, I've gone on record many times saying exorcism films don't tend to really scare me. I just kind of appreciate the acting involved. But mm-hmm. the earlier stuff, that's that does work. Like it just him, her dealing with Linda Blair going crazy. It's like, yeah, all right, this is this is good stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, one thing that's kind of disappointing for me with The Exorcist is I, it's a movie I can't go see in the theater anymore because uh, for revival or anything. Because I you know I went to see it when the the version you've never seen came out, and I saw it I think maybe twice or something, but met with laughter for some reason i had the same yeah no i had the and i had the same, same thing happen with screening exact of halloween same. as well that wow. where dude I can't... yes i had that same problem that we both those films it was laughter the most ridiculous parts people were so, laughing that's why classic well, think... horror movies i gotta stay home for well yeah <laughs> I, was gonna, so. I, was, I was gonna say it might not necessarily even be some people who maybe are younger and and see it as kind of cheesy or on the uninitiated i think it just has to do with the fact that these people have seen this movie so many times no no that no, they're, that no they're, 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 this wasn't really? this wasn't like that no they're, maybe they're you know laughing you, i think and, you brandon you know you knew, it would be the weirdest scenes that you you would be like a, a simple line like uh Lori going all all the babysitter you'd literally hear someone go oh stupid Oh, yeah, I or mean, they laugh at that. old stuff. They laugh at like old styles, old haircuts. Mm-hmm. That yeah, get it, o- it, like get over. It. And the Exorcist, they were laughing at the uh, the part that Jimmy, the parts that Jimmy wants to quote, but they won't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, laughing at that, so it's just it's obnoxious, and I, I don't I quote, understand can it. Can I quote but... it? Because I don't think our audiences know what we're talking. We're good, about. Jimmy. We're good. <laughs> I, hold well, on, let me, be, be... Let, let me get across. 
It's it, it, I, mean, I mean, hey, he yeah, that was a scene. That was one of the scenes. That was one yes, of the scenes. That they were dude, laughing at yes, that. Yes, they were laughing, and I'm like, how is that even remotely funny at, in any way, shape, or form? Well, I think The Exorcist has been, I mean, for has been spoofed about a million times over. I think is why. I mean, not only from the 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 repossessed with Leslie Nielsen, but then you just had. Um, what was it? The uh, this is the end where they mock the whole the whole um, you know, power of Christ compels you thing. So I, I, it's been done enough that I think that 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 I could see why maybe you know younger people might think it was funny and stuff. But definitely at the time, I mean, it was it was powerful stuff. So I, I think it's I think it's a really strong balance to try and find that today to not go over the top in terms of gore because we've seen everything, but at the same time create something that pe- that will arrest people like that door slamming in Texas Chainsaw for the first time. Well, it's mm-hmm. funny because I just still gets the I mean, it's one of the few films I think that gets like the label of one of the scariest movies of all time, like and like really kind of tries to hold on to that that moniker. Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking, and it's effective if you're sitting watching it by yourself and you're not with your jerk friends. Right. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of the times, classic horror works when you're alone in the dark in a room and nobody to look at for comfort. That's yeah. that's a lot of times how it's effective now. So moving on. Definitely uh, how I felt about tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Um, <laughs> Shelley Winters, 19, uh, John 1977. Wow. Amazing. 1977. We have uh, the year of Kingdom of the Spiders. I love this movie, dude. Nice, nice. (laughs) (laughs) That was the same year as Orca the Killer Whale. Yeah, it was. You know what was interesting about the 70s? Apparently nature terrified everybody. You had, I think a year before you had Squirm, which is a pretty icky flick. I I actually dig Squirm. But you had had Kingdom of the Spiders. You had Day of the Animals, starring Linda Day George. Empire of the Animals. Leslie Nielsen. Grizzly, you had a t- um, your favorite, your in- favorite, Joe Dante's Piranha. There yes, yep. yeah, I love Empire. Did someone say Empire of the Ants? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had the, it was weird. This kind of like uh, it, it was all falling apart. At the pack, I think that was one. I think that was the same. Yeah, it, nature was going to kick our asses. Well, I mean, there's a there's the, the quintessential one, Jaws from '75 yeah. as well. Wait, I've I've never heard of that one. What's that it's about? this little it's this guy, uh, <laughs> Senor Spielbergo. I think he's a Mexican director. He came okay. in, did this thing. Is like well, Jaws, Jaws definitely changed. I I mean, I mean, uh, in in good and bad. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it also caused a lot of people to go out and kill great white sharks for no reason. But it's you know, and not saying that against uh, Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, there's... obviously, that's but one it's... of the, one of the more random reactions beyond all the other things that Josh <laughs> no, it, for me for yeah, cinema. No, no, it, but it, it, that that is actually known. It was a record. People went out, and there was like a, a just people going out and killing great whites the year that came out. It was but... really, it was really strange. Like people were like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to get that shark before it gets me." But it also, I mean, it's also I just watched this movie in the theater about two months ago. Still, probably the best film I've seen all year. I mean, as far as like the reaction to Jaws, I'd rather focus on. How about like my inexplicable fear of sharks being in my pool? That's, they that's, are. That's, yeah. that's never going to happen. Not, no, I'm never no, going to have to worry about this. Yet every time I'm in a pool swimming by myself, I'm worried about there's going to be a shark under the water somewhere. <laughs> wait, right. wait, alligator right. didn't didn't. So you know, so no, clearly that just means there like, is like a purse or something eventually. But Jaws, that's different. <laughs> 
<laughs> now it's interesting. It's interesting because Jaws, I think, has the same kind. You know, for me, it has the same kind of thing as The Exorcist, where when you first watch it, you get freaked out by all the, you know, by all the eye candy. But then when you go back and you watch it later, years later, Jaws has an incredible cast. And the, you know, when it, on the boat, when it's just the three of them, you know, it's, it's Roy Scheider and and Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss. There's just some great, great acting going on there too. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the quintessential monologue scene. You yeah, get, oh. just this adventure vibe. Well, it is ask the horror that's still happening jaws is is, it's such an a a unique mix of a a few genres you know it's got the thriller it's got an action it's it's got a lot of comedy it's a very very brilliantly done film brilliantly written brilliantly shot brilliantly acted it's scored score uh yeah there's not a not a thing i mean the worst you can say about jaws is the shark looks fake and you don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't care because they, it was a happy accident. They didn't need to show the shark because they had everything else going for it. And it, it, it works better that you don't see the shark half the time. I mean, it, it, fits, works it fits back into what I was you know, saying before about experimentation. You got yeah, what you, you, you use, what you work with. <laughs> and it worked, and it worked really well for Spielberg. It worked yeah. really well for Hooper. I mean, <laughs> these guys who, you know, they're not given, these amazing, well, Spielberg, I guess, had a budget to work with, which he went over. But you get these guys yeah. that, you know, they have limited resources and they do they do what they can because they're very talented filmmakers. And the ones that come out on top are the ones that clearly were able to accomplish what they needed to. Yeah. Let's see, so what else? Going into 77, um, one of the movies that we forgot about was uh, was uh, Argento Suspiria. I want to get to it. Argento, Italian, yeah. Italian horror in general, yes. Yes. yes a lot of red. <laughs> Yummy! I, that I, is a beautiful movie. That right. is a beautiful. But that you know what? That's a that's one of those movies that you recommend to somebody, and if they're not really familiar with that kind of gallo, you know, shock horror, they'll watch it and be like, "That was the stupidest movie I've ever seen." Well, I, I literally not, had that attitude. It's got more going on. It's it's creepy. It does, it's but sound people... that the goblin score is like oh, creepy dude. and it's on its oh, own. It's great. And that scene nah, where she. Nah, 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 nah. Oh. I wish I had that soundtrack right it, now. I would be playing it. You bring up Suspiria. It's funny because I'm not a huge fan of Suspiria. I'm a huge fan of the. I'm a huge fan of the production design and How like, dare the, you. the look of Suspiria and the sound of it. But it's not a movie where I really like watching all that often. Like I need to like be with friends and be like, all right, let's do that or something. But it's not a movie I, I like. Argento movie in general. Argento's movies in general. They're not movies I really tend to love. It's more of I love mm. the look of them. Yeah, I'd say the same thing about I'd say what you're saying there about Inferno, which yeah, is a movie I like, right. but it's it's ma- mainly the production. But I think Suspiria's got enough of the the story and the up front with its witchcraft and gore. Then has that had a new Blu-ray Suspiria? It's coming from uh, Synapse Films early next year, along yeah, with yeah. other Argento. Titles. I'll probably and they did a four they did a four K transfer. Oh well, Jesus oh, wow. Christ! I'm definitely but because that's gonna ah. look amazing on Blu-ray. Yeah, they said <laughs> like, they said they said that they are not screwing this. They're doing everything they can. They're not gonna screw this one up. Well, they know uh, how when we do our commentary over these podcast episodes next year, maybe I'll come back at loving yeah. Suspiria more than I do right now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen Synapse work, their 2K work on like curtains in Prom Night, you're. I mean, I have all the faith in the world with them in Suspiria. Yeah, because so. like, I mean, that, that's what I admire about Italian horror at the most is yeah, they're beautiful films like mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Look at, you can yeah. call out la dolce vita all you want to but you look at some of these horror movies from italy from italy and it's like wow there's some great yeah going on yeah absolutely oh, oh and there's one more shout out for 1977 the uh yeah, yeah, I'm, a, yeah I'm a big Michael Bear, 
Big Michael Berryman fan, yeah. So, yeah. so have well, to I mean, give, have to give some props to the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, Craven had two, I mean, he had Last House on the Left and Hills Have Eyes for his buildup of a master of horror. But I mean, Hills Have Eyes still, I think, works. I don't think Last House works as much. See, I like, and I just because you just posted a um, a, uh, a a list of your favorite horror remakes, and you like that film more. The, the remake of The Last House on the Left. I like the, I mean, there's some goofy stuff in there because that's yeah. just, that's what happens mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. at the times. And I, yeah, I'm not going to say it holds up completely, but I really like Last House on the Left. I, I, I think that movie works quite well. For I, I, I'm not, I'm not dying. I just think it's, yeah, it might have been, I think, better back in its heyday. See, see, I, I mean, it wasn't like I, I was I, alive I, in the '70s to see it. Like I saw it fairly yeah, recently. That's true. I would say. I mean, right. I, and I really responded to that movie. I think the stuff yeah. that works well, the the, the stuff that the torture of those poor girls, mm-hmm. it is very effective. Yeah, the the, the 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 cops are kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But, weird, but the stuff is, the horror is, is works really well. Well, Jimmy and I, I think we've had a discussion about the the original um, uh, versus the remake because in the, the the thing that took away from me in the remake was the idea that that the girl was still alive, and so they were the, the parents were justifiably doing these things to the bad guys to save their daughter, and to me that took out the immediacy and the creepiness of the original. That's um, they fair, tried to. That's a yeah. fair. That's a fair way to look at it. Yeah, and I, yeah, and absolutely. I, I, I can agree to an extent. I still think it. I I think there's a there's a there's a thrilling nature involved in the performances from Garrett Dillahunt that kind of make that and uh, what's his name um, the the president on Scandal who's the father and, um, yeah no he, he, I, that guy Jack Skellington um his uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony Goldwyn, Tony Goldwyn uh, yeah. killing me. um I, so those perform they they work for me to make that remake work for me but I yeah I do see like your point of like yeah the girl died so it makes the original like Oh yeah. It, there's some more moral moral uh, morality at play there in terms of like what the vengeful aspect that's it makes this oh, absolutely. Film different. Mm. Yeah. And that and that said, I really hate the the last like minutes of the the remake of the Hill. Yeah. The, well, because they tried right? to go back because they tried yeah. to go back to that original idea, and you were like, okay, well, then you can't do that. You can't make a whole movie not based on based on you know saving your daughter and then just turn it at the end. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So. I guess we should. I, note that I we love should... the remake until that last. I, I try to just not watch that last scene because everything up until then is really good, really strong. We should note that the uh, the original, uh, or not the original, but the the Last House on the Left is a Wes Craven's Last House on the Left is a remake of another of a Bergman. Yeah, the um, yeah, right. right. Uh, springs. What is it? The spring of the. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we researched. We're it. so good. Yeah, we're yeah. so good. The, Virgin Springs. The Virgin Springs. Yeah, Virgin, yeah, Virgin Springs. Springs. Yeah. yeah. And getting back to the Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven's mm-hmm. other movie. Uh, right. Do you guys like this movie? I yes. do, I do. Yeah, quite a I, do, bit, I, do, I do, I do, I do as well. Yeah, it's ruthless. It's it's really brutal. That's a good I way mean, to put it. That's it's part of why I don't like Ajaz. I feel like it's almost kind of too brutal. It's the same thing with just okay production with values. That, like yeah. I'm just. I think they both work though. They both are actually uh, the the remake is uh, in some ways appro- improves, but there there's something really again that kind of seventies vibe you get that. Especially back then, they didn't have. There's something very, uh, like you said, brutal about it, and, mm-hmm. and that that. And poor D. Wallace. Look what. Oh my god! Right. Man. God, man, she was cute. <laughs> I feel like the first one. It's brutal. 
in a way that fits for the time. And I feel like the remake, right. it, 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 it's not capturing the essence of the of what the original was going for. It just feels like, look what Aja can do with his budget. That's what I get that's, the impression of when I watch that. That's absolutely what I felt, too. The, yeah. the, the I was, kinda, I was bored with the, the remake. I mean, not like extreme, but just in terms of getting something new out of it, I just didn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly doesn't have the visceral thrill of the the original film, but you know, I, I know a lot of people that feel very differently. That is a pretty. That's one yeah, of the it's few a popular one. Yes, yeah. very popular, very respected. And I, and I really like it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I do prefer the original. Let's see what else. Well, uh, I think let's have a, let's have a moment because I think are we ready to move to 1978? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think we are. Oh yeah. 78's a great year, by the way. Oh my <laughs> god. This is an amazing it's amount of horror. Huge. Attack of tomatoes. <laughs> Invasion of the body snatchers. Invasion of the body snatchers, yep. which I absolutely love. now talk about one of the greatest remakes ever made. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that, that movie the, still haunts me. I mean, that whole movie is great, but that last scene of Sutherland making that mouth and pointing, oh, that ah, haunts ah. me. That haunts me. Himself being made is creepy, too. Just the effects, the practical effects. Oh, my God, yeah. But, like, that, that last like that last shot of the mouth, like, me and my friend, we do that to each other to shock each other. Like, we'll, 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 we'll like, stand in random places, and when we walk around the corner, we'll just be standing there pointing with our mouth open at each other. Like, it's that's how crazy that scene is. You should do a YouTube video and just do that to random people, like, Frank, and just, you know, go, oh! That is such a great film. Yeah, so we got Invasion, we got Halloween, obviously, we'll get back to that. We have, yeah, yeah, we have we, Romero's Dawn of the Dead. We'll get back to that as well. We have the underrated uh, Magic. Uh, we have, I, yeah, I yeah. With with Anthony Hopkins. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's a creepy movie. We have, Romero, yes, we have Martin. Romero had two movies that year, by the way, guys. He had Martin mm-hmm. and he had Dawn of the Dead because he was, you yep. know, he was making it work. We have right. Joe Dante's Piranha. I mean, I spit, oh, yes. I spit on your grave, which I'm not a huge fan of at all, but I, mean, I, uh, I love that movie. I like I Patrick. Patrick. Too. Patrick. 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 <laughs> we, yeah, we have Jaws 2, just when he thought it was safe to go back in the water. Oh, my, uh, the, oh my gosh, The Redeemer came out that year. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone seen yeah. that one? I have. Long, it's like an early, early, you know, it's, you know, Halloween came out that year, but like the slasher, it was a, kind of a slasher. Mm-hmm. So let's go to, let's go to Halloween. Obviously, we all love Halloween. We've talked about it plenty of times at this point already. Uh, what else is there to say? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. What's What's strange is that okay, we, uh, Brandon, you, we were talking about people laughing at that film, and it was very it's it's very sad. I took my son for the first time to see it, and and people were laughing at the mo- most ludicrous moments. But I I will totally. tell you that is w- totally speed kills, and uh, I I will say go see it again because I did see it again i i went back and i was like i'm gonna punch somebody in the face if they laugh at stupid parts but you know it's for some reason the audience changed it was a there was a dude dressed as michael myers that came it and he was actually told not to do that it was kind of funny but it's still you know what the audience was like in in still in awe and i i saw that in the theater very early on and i remember people screaming and people freaking out when he got up, that first, you know, when she, we, oh, he's After gone. He stabs go, him. Yeah, <laughs> go send the kids. People were literally, I, I don't, I, to this day, I don't think I've heard that many people scream in a film ever. Of, of scenes that involve, like, someone, like, running away from somebody and they get to a door 
and they're trying to open the door, and the thing's still right behind them. Halloween probably does that the best. Like, yeah. Carpenter Agreed. nails the tension. He it does. Is so intense. Like, and I, lo- like, I love, I love like, like Sam Raimi's Evil Dead, where he has the the the, uh, the camera like flying at her, and it's like, is she gonna get in the door or not? But Carpenter, like the, because he's just walking. Like it's not yeah. like he's running after her. He's just and Carpenter's walking. patient too in the oh, editing yeah. room and shooting it. That's, I mean, that's yeah, part of have, it too. I mean, that he's whole as sequence, patient as Michael. But the the, open, yeah. the beginning of that whole sequence where Jamie Lee's walking across the street, like you're just following her carefully walking across the street where you you know that he's in there and you know she's like going into nothing that's good i mean you just, yeah you just have so much time spent let alone the entire you know movie building up to the nights where you just have these people oh my it's just well, so good and you know what here's the, 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 the here's rise. what sets halloween apart as well is every single one of those girls they're, they weren't stereotypes. They were cool chicks. They were girls you wanted yeah. to hang out with. They weren't. It wasn't like, oh well, we have the smart one, we have the dumb one. We, I mean, yeah, they, the the two were a little more sexual than the lead, but it wasn't a case of let's let's make the. It wasn't a stereotype. They're, they're the creation. They're the creation of those tropes. Yeah, they, they, they were. They're, they're certainly they certainly represent a, re, a certain level of reality. But yeah, they're the that's more. That's Deborah Hill for you right there. She pretty much wrote those characters. She did. That that scene in the car. It's so great where they're just chatting about, you know, Ben Tramer. It's, a, yeah, it's well, beautiful. One of, the, one of the best things, too, is, I mean, it's it's Laurie's mirror. I mean, she's the main character, but for almost, like, once they go to start babysitting, once you, Annie picks her up, it's Annie's movies just as much as it's Laurie's. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, we're even man, more hanging was... with her than... She was awesome, by the way. And, 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 oh, I was, yeah. and, and, and I would, of course, I would, you'd have, you'd have, again, going back to the great acting stuff, you know, Casting Donald Pleasance, you know, a really, you know, uh, rich, yeah. layered, you know, person to, to again bring uh, a grounding to a subject that might seem like crazy or or implausible, but to bring you know an actor in who has that who has that 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 uh, that 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 gravitas to be yeah gravitas mm-hmm. that's the word I was looking for yeah that that can pull that off is great but I would also say one more thing the the rise and fall not fall but maybe down a little ways of 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 Halloween I think lies in the music because the the music obviously uh, yeah you know it yeah. is key is key to what makes that movie great but you know you see over the years that music has I think been parodied and and copied and whatever right so maybe that's what <laughs> the same with Jaws I think to an extent too right. But I'm saying I that, that, I could, that, that, that could be. So you're, that could you're, be. Guys, you're not working with me on that. <laughs> right. That I could don't be. have the jaws. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Jason, I see exactly what you're saying. No, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying so for the kids, like like for us, I, that's what I remember probably besides Donald Buzz, one of the most out of that, uh, the things out of that movie is that music. And, and I think maybe for kids these days, because they've heard it so often parodied and done whatever, that maybe it doesn't have as much of an effect on them as it, as it did on us. Cause when we I first saw it, that music was that. killing. No, I don't, no, no I'm not sure. Disagree. I, I, I mean, I'm not a kid, but I'm just, I'm, specu- I'm speculating, but, but you I've, can't, ha- I've had so many people say like, if you're, you know, in a, around Halloween time, I've had so many young people say that music creeps me out. With, right. with this, or when they see little... it, they're like, "Oh, that's where that's from." Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than ha 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 that music. I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't get that people find it funny. I think it's still creepy, and it, I, I, it, it is. It, there are so many good soundtracks for like The Exorcist, like Goblin. Uh, but for yeah, for some reason, especially this time of year, for some strange reason, that theme is played, and it's on everyone's ringtone. It's still creepy. I have a doll with that thing. I have a Michael Myers doll, a little plush doll, but it's still creepy. 
let's move on. Uh, just because we're we go, we're going along as it is. So let's oh, yeah, exactly. props to D- Dean Cundy, and then we yes. move on. Props yes. to Dean Cundy, good. Let's get to Dawn of the Dead. Um, Dawn of the Dead is my favorite zombie movie of all time. It's my favorite. Amazing. It's my favorite Amazing. Romero movie. Amazing. My favorite Ken Forey movie. I mean, it's I love Dawn of the Dead so much. Uh, Fly boy. Fly boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that movie does so many things amazing and really it's it's less of a horror movie more of a comic book film like that's the way you kind of look at it at this point absolutely it, it's absolutely. so like the way it uses the the way it displays blood and the violence like it feels so much more fitting of a of, of kind of, of you know satire which is what it largely is it is it's like it is societal commentary yeah. and absolutely if it, it, it's it's not i mean there's the tension can be there if you want to see it but it's really not going for scares so much as it's going for what do you do like, like what the 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 apocalypse has come at this one. This is this is an, this, it's essentially an apocalypse movie. Like you mm-hmm. you, you look at the traditional mm-hmm. apocalypses that involve, I guess, like nuclear fallout or whatever. But zombie films are basically dystopian futures. And Dawn of the Dead is such a great, brilliant examination of like what you do after the fact. It, it's because it's you know it's a two hour plus movie about people trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's so yeah. it's just so wonderfully executed. I I love like there's a good there's a good like 45 minutes where there's no zombies. It's just watching these people live in a mall, and mm-hmm. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that movie. Well, that's what I love about um, as opposed to the remake. Um, I like that they're trying to live in that mall. They're trying. This is going to be their life now. Whereas the remake is, how do we get out of the mall? The remake. Um, it it gets to the, like that's more of like the. Well, the remake the is an action film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I, yeah, for the record, I love the remake. I think the I remake do like the remake the too. Yeah, a lot of fun. It's and it's maybe my favorite Zack yeah. Snyder film, but I mean, I really like the I really like the remake. But yeah, Don Dead, I love Don the original yeah, Don Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we do have to get on. I'm looking at 1979, and geez, the last two, 1978 and 1979, were brilliant. They really set things into motion. Let me me mention the other 80s, uh, another 78 movie, Martin, because someone asked about it. Uh, Martin, the other Romero movie from that time. You guys like Martin? Not a movie I I revisit very often, but I do like it. A lot of people consider it his best film. Romero likes it the most of his Mm. movies. And I think it's because but like he, that was a movie. He also thinks uh, Survival of the Dead is one of his best too. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. It's hard to rely on Romero as far as his opinions go. Um, hey, poor guy. He has big funny glasses. He's a funny guy. I mean, but um, yeah, Martin. I think that's because like it seems like he's he directs more. Like it, it, Romero wrote Don the Dead too. Am I correct on that one? He, I think he, yes, yeah, he does. Like, yeah, he, he wrote it. Wrote co-wrote. Yeah, he, no, yeah, he wrote it. It was exclusively. He, he maybe he had some help or whatever, but yeah, he wrote Don the Dead. He 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 wrote Martin as well. But I feel like, I guess that movie, he he directed more. I guess like it feels like there's more direct, like beyond just camera set up and put this stuff here and makeup guys are doing their thing. It feels like Martin's more of a directed film than Don of the Dead is. If that makes any sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, like there's the, cam- the camera moves, I guess. The Dawn of the Dead, the camera's <laughs> static all the time. Like, watch that movie. It never moves. Like, Martin, it actually moves a bit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's the way, I guess, I can look at it the best. Um, What else? Jaws 2, um, 78. Yeah, I, you know it's what? I like sequel. Jaws 2. It's Jaws not, no 2 word. is it's... a slasher film. Yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. a, teen, a dead teenager movie, and, and, it, and it works. It, it's, a, it's a fun flick. It doesn't have the smarts that Jaws does, but it, it's a fun flick. I think it helps that you have a majority of the cast that's still involved, too. Like yeah. Robert, Roy yeah. Scheider is such a, you know, he's a great lead, and so it's nice to have him back for it. So. I agree. I agree. I can't, I, can't, I can't say as much about Lorraine Gary and uh, Jaws the Revenge, but that's another story. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that was by far the best one. <laughs> 
can't even say that with a straight face. I'm like just burying my head in shame. Jason, were you saying something? No, I was just saying, you know, I, you know, I, I, for fun, I would definitely, you know, jump into Piranha. I think that I think, you know, I think for for all our fun and cheesiness and awesomeness yeah. and Joe Dante. I mean, that's really jo- one of Joe Dante's kind of hidden gems. Definitely. It is a fun movie. Yeah. And that holds up well. It's so goofy and fun. And it's easy to look at it. It's easy to look at it as a Jaws ripoff. But the, there really is a there really is a, a creativity. Like you could tell the guy yeah. who did Gremlins did that movie. It's, it's, it's a good very, script. Right and and the howling I think it, 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 it's mm-hmm. it's got that kind of energy and they my god they they murder kids in that movie like crazy yeah that's a pretty messed up movie that ending is pretty messed up on, on a lot of levels so moving on to seventy nine just because we wait 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 but, but last for seventy eight attack of the killer tomatoes just had to put that in there okay go ahead uh, thank you <laughs> seventy nine <laughs> starts off of a, you know it starts off pretty well because you have alien right at the top seventy nine yeah that wasn't too oh, bad yeah. Halloween yeah. in space yeah or yeah. Jaws talking about how Jaws terrifying LV four twenty six is when they just this barren planet that it it's always scared the hell out of me just haunted me wise when um they're when they're walking on it it's all windy and stuff and then when they're searching through the ship it's just some of the scariest stuff in the world. I, I, I Alien just, is brilliant. I just love looking at it. Yeah, yeah I, looking at it too, but it's it's terrifying. Just I, thinking I, of the thought of being on some barren planet, not knowing. And it did, it did the exact same thing Halloween did. It created those tropes, those horror tropes, because yep. you had you know which have been used. Uh, Bert and, going to randomly light up a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> chasing the oh cat. Oh my god. That, that's, movie. that's that's another amazing sequence of just Harry Dean Stanton oh. going after the cat and doing everything he can, and you kind of think the ten, you know something has to happen, but it just it, it takes time, it takes its time, and even even shots of, and like the director's cut too, like you have more shots inserted where you get to see the alien in the chains, but you don't realize it's the alien, like you don't realize yeah. it's there because it's such a great it's just the, the design of that creature, H.R. Geiger's design is amazing. I love mm-hmm. I love the alien look. Alien, I do too. It's such a it's yeah. such a creative idea for. I mean, it, it bleeds acid. That's a like what? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has it has teeth inside teeth. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my good my goodness. That movie is amazing. But, but again, you know, Ridley Scott that 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 aesthetic of of being able to capture something that essentially is is a guy in a suit. You know, at that point. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and make it look creepy and, and make it not look like a suit. Make it look like an alien. That's that's pure Ridley Scott. And, he, you know, that that's one of his, you know, I mean, that's definitely one of his swan songs. And, Wal- and Walter Hill's screenplay for that film. I mean, it's such a, mm-hmm. it's so like stripped down and simple. And right. Ridley Scott just adds to it by, you know, using his abilities to create just amazing worlds and have a, such a strong focus on atmosphere and production design. Like, it's just a perfect assemblage of so many great talents coming, let alone, you know, the cast in that movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. Agreed. I, I still, I that you know what scene scared me. I I know we're going on too long about Alien, but that freaked me out when when you find out he's he's an he's an android. That yeah, he's oh, home. Dude, no, disturbing. The, oh. oh my, that was scary. It's a haunting well. performance. It too. is. It's that's just, oh my god. Oh, that's that's part of what makes me love rewatching it too, because you get to see Ian Holm be not human and then you know that so watching him play that performance that's such a tricky line to walk it's so the part where you see just like perfect. in his eyes this like desire to kill it's like just mm-hmm. and he's a, a android just creepy he's freaking shoving a newspaper down her throat oh, yes. 
Oh god! And and, and and Lance Henriksen pays the price later. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta say this has been this has been a golden year for me because I got to see Alien, Jaws, and Halloween on the big screen this year. Nice. It makes me so happy. I got to see Alien on the big screen earlier this oh, year. That was fun. so cool. So cool. Let's see. Uh, we have Amityville Horror. We talked about that. We have mm-hmm. The Brood from David Cronenberg. Can I talk uh, about? Can we talk about Phantasm? Can we talk yeah, about Phantasm? I'm trying to go Please. alphabetically here, Brandon. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll get there. Jeez. Oh. Hold your horses. The Brood is actually a really that that movie holds up better than I remember. Those evil kids are creepy. Yeah. I'm, Speaking of evil kids. Yeah, I'm not. A, even, kid, creepy kids get to me. Like, as much as I love horror movies, it's rare that they, like, scare me, but creepy kid movies, those tend to scare me, like, just, the and, like, they're not even, like, the, even, oh, like, really? don't, even, like, don't look now, like, movies where it's just, like, little, thi- little things like that just kind of bother me in some way, where I just don't, I can't seem to reasonably understand why. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do to you. Where do you live? Uh, in Alaska. It's great. Um, okay, go. Cool. <laughs> yeah, the brood, David Cronenberg doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get back to him in the eighties. We'll have more to yeah. say about him. Uh, we, we, he, he's a he, he's a handful. We had Frank Lang, we had Frank Langella as Bra- as Dracula. Mm-hmm. Three Dracula mm-hmm. films. We and, had, yeah, and a few, right? With yeah. Donald Pleasance, of course. With we Donald had, Pleasance, uh, yeah. Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, we had Nosferatu and Love at First Bite, all in seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. I was going next. We have Nos- we have Werner Herzog's about Nosferatu, which we I talked about. Yeah. We talked about briefly. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that that movie. Isabella Johnny's not too bad, by the way. She was pretty hot. She still is, actually. At least the last time I checked, she was still kind of, kind of attractive. Mm. There you and, go. And uh, Phantasm, Brandon, what do you want to say? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, <laughs> no Phantasm, Phantasm is fantastic. It's like, it's like a big-name movie that you find out not a lot of people seen. have seen. It's really weird. But Coscarelli, he made this... Crazy ambitious film that he, like apparently has a ton of footage from because he wound up making a whole fourth movie based off of footage he didn't use mm. from that movie. But um, it's just really there's not a whole lot like it. I mean, it's it's not a slasher. It's it's sort of multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's art house. It's got a great um, score. It's got one of the best horror scores I've ever heard, and um, it's just really creepy. Uh, it's got the, the iconic character of the tall man, and you really just, you know, what does the tall man do? Well, I don't know. He he works at a morgue and and has these little Java things and these balls that attack people. It's just Coscarelli. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, you can you can bring it all back to Coscarelli, who who I don't feel like has ever swayed from doing the most interesting, odd, and original movies ever. So, I mean, it started with Phantasm, but yeah. you can look at, like, recent stuff that he did, like, John Dies at the End. It's always odd and interesting and original, and Phantasm is just like, I mean, it's no, it's totally no different than any of this there's other nothing. stuff. It's, it's amazingly brilliant. And there's nothing like it in comparison genre-wise in the horror field. No. It's, in, it's just its own crazy thing. It's And, and what's interesting is, is even with even with a bigger budget, because you go, okay, well, let's let's do a sequel, let's do a bigger budget, whatever. You you would think maybe it would be watered down or whatever, but that was like the one time where you actually saw like what someone like that could do. You know, somebody who could create phantasm could do on a budget would just make it even more interesting and more, uh, you know, put more gags and more cool stuff. And so it, to me that and and you know Cronenberg, we're going to end up talking about you know later about the fly and so forth is the same way. You know, started off on these really original, odd, interesting movies, but could actually take a studio 
system movie and actually keep that weirdness and that originality and that awesomeness going. It's very nope. rare, but it does only, happen. Only to be able to nope. move into like let, not even horror, but just straight up dramas and still you know have his style very much present. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But, but Phantasm is a great one. It just it yeah. really introduced a guy who is is still an amazing filmmaker today. Yeah. The way he yeah. the way he did it big budget James LeGrosse. Yeah. That's awesome. how he got his way big budget. <laughs> well, you know, I really dug that guy. Where is he? What is he? Was, he was unjustified for yeah. a while. Okay, yeah. okay. Why does why does James girls for why, a does bit. Jay, why does James refuse to talk about Phantasm too? Like he's not on the special editions. He's not. He just because he was he was the you know, he was the black sheep on the set. He knew that he yeah. wasn't who they wanted and. He was later replaced. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's move on to the last couple here just to wrap up. But uh, we have when right. a, we have when a stranger calls. You know what? I want to take a minute because I, I you know when a stranger calls has probably one of the creepiest beginnings and endings. I don't think the middle's that bad. I actually it's not think that it's bad, actually, but it's it's like, interesting. It's, it's not it's what you think you're kidding when you hear yeah. about a stranger call, when a stranger but, calls. But you know what? That first twenty minutes. Absolutely makes up for it, and that perfection. last sequence—it's horror yeah, perfection. It is perfection, and it, I can kind of see why they didn't stay with that the whole time because you know that sequel. Uh, but and, and my God, Carol Kane uh, again, uh, solid actors. Colleen Dewhurst, Charles Dunning was great at yep. that. Just a, it's a, I think it's a really underrated film, and it, it's been used so many times now that how. Figure we're calling from inside the house, but it, it got, yeah, it was it was a really strong flick, really creepy. Let's move yeah. on here. Uh, last last thing, uh, Zombie Two. Woo! Um, I thought you were gonna say Zombie Holocaust. The there's Zombie Holocaust too, but <laughs> Dr. I don't need to. We're missing MD so much. You skipped over <laughs> Tourist Trap. We we miss Nightwing too. Come we, on, there's man. there's a lot of stuff we can talk about. I'm telling you, I know, the seventies is huge. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So I got to get in my my, uh, my my hidden gems here. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna list uh, three here that I think are kind of tasty. For for super cheese, go to 1977 for the car with Josh Brolin. Yeah, it's kind of okay. easy. Uh, the car, beware of the car. Um, for early anthology fans, you got the 1972 Tales from the Crypt, the one with Joan Collins and Peter Cushing. Um, mm-hmm. it's got five stories in it. Of course, Joan Collins is doing the um, the Santa one that. Uh, Robert Zemeckis uh, eventually redid. And my personal favorite, 1975, the Trilogy of Terror. Ooh, yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which was a TV movie, but still, you know, listen, I, I, you know, the first two segments are good, but of course they're not really remembered as much, but they are good. But that third segment, I, I can show someone today uh, the uh, uh, Amelia, and it's the Zuni fetish segment, and they will still get freaked out today. It's a really mm-hmm. effective piece of work that uh, if you haven't seen it, Go out and rent it. It's tasty. We're keeping it to film, but 70s was like a heyday for horror on television for TV. Uh, yes, they were, it was. They were, but, I mean, we're keeping this to film, but just right. want to make note that there's some great television movies from this era. Absolutely. I agree. There we go. I'm gonna, I want to give a, a couple shout-outs to a couple small little uh, little films that uh, mo- most horror fans have seen, but maybe, you know, if you're not familiar, 71 was Let's scared Jessica to death, and that is a creepy oh, yeah. little movie. Oh my god, that that's like that, it, it, you know, because keep in mind, that was everything uh, with the Manson murders, the, the kind of hippie culture was kind of being uh, uh, villainized, and that was one, a very creepy movie, and a pretty solid performance, a great cast. Uh, I also dug 
uh, Karen Black, another Karen Black flick called Burnt Offerings. I kind of think that was really cool. Oliver Reed, Bur- Burgess Meredith. That was a cool flick. And another, I, you know, that was kind of in the haunted house vein, really creepy, fun, awesome movie. I, you know, those are my little, little unknown picks. I want to throw in a known one that we didn't talk about, the Frenzy with Hitchcock's yeah. last great oh, movie. Okay. Very nice, yes. And of course, and of course, in Frenzy, you're you're getting to see finally maybe what what how film evolved because of course he, with with Psycho, you know, he didn't show anything, and now in this, you've got you've got nudity, you've got, violence, yeah. you've got violence, you've got the whole bit. So it's interesting to sit sort of sort of how people sometimes go back to Psycho and go, oh, you know, you didn't see anything, you didn't see anything. But I I tend to remind them, hey, you know, if you look later on, you know, and see things like Frenzy, you see even Hitchcock was sort of advancing into that realm. So with mm-hmm. a great great. Agreedly, a great flick, and by the way, a great trailer. If you've never seen the uh, trailer for Frenzy, and I'm, I'm sure Brian De Palma is happy to take credit as uh, the guy that's you know he tried tried to hold up the the reins when when Hitchcock went down. Where he yes, he did. Continue yeah. to be. Well, we'll, we'll talk more in the eighties. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I got, we got to wrap it up, guys. <laughs> it's going on. <laughs> um, I, I didn't even get to talk about. So the only thing I want to say about Zombie Two is that it has. Two, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but it has two good scenes. One's the eye, and one is Shark vs Zombie. That's all I really want to add. Shark vs Zombie. Woohoo! Yeah. 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 So with that said, I think we've talked. To, we I mean, we could probably we can go on longer, but we've talked a great deal about things. We didn't get to really talk about the themes of this, but I mean, there's a lot of you know counterculture in Vietnam. I mean, that was all taking place in the 70s, certainly inspiring a lot of these movies in oh, yeah. certain ways. Um, but yeah, we got we got around to the experimentation, the grittiness, everything. I mean, it's just so much happening in this time, big experimental time. But basically, next... the '70s were amazing. Yeah, it was it was the yeah. re- rebirth of horror, in my opinion, and just amazing to look back and and. It was kind of the, the next evolution of horror. I would yeah, say. there you go, there you go. And uh, speaking of which, we'll get to the '80s next week, and we'll talk about slashers, spoofs, satire, B movie fun, gore, and and more. Um, I know. I think you three are more fans of a lot of what the '80s was offering than I might be, but we'll get we'll get there. Um, How maybe, dare you? Maybe if I look, I have to look over these films to see. But I mean, I, there's an appreciation that I know you guys have. Oh yeah, uh, '80 and '81 yes. was the golden age of horror, which is certainly got to show. I, I, hey, I'm a uh, Evil Dead trilogy is my favorite one, of my favorite trilogies of all time. So <laughs> that's what's one thing right there. Oh wait, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I never, yeah, it's it's a little known one. But anyway, yeah. we we got to wrap it up, guys. Uh, that's so yeah, that's gonna do it for this bonus episode, talking about the '70s. Uh, but yeah, this has been out now, Aaron and Abe. Um, you can find this episode and more, including the, you know, the other two horror episodes we've done so far and the future ones that we'll do over on hhwled.com, as well as at iTunes, of course, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic. Um, yeah, uh, with that in mind, Jason, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can go to starpulse.com. And again, I'm focusing on the, uh, or featuring the, uh, Forgotten Friday flick. And this week, uh, we're featuring, we're keeping the Hand and Lauder, uh, horror train going with, uh, uh, Frankenhooker. So, check us out there. Brandon? Uh, you can find my work at whysoblue.com for you horror loving people. I just posted a top 10 list today. Everybody loves those. It's, uh, Top 10 Modern Horror Remakes. Um, so go ahead and tell me how terrible I am for posting that. And uh, you can find my other work on Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. Um, at some point here soon, I'll be starting a Saw retrospective for the 10th anniversary of Saw. Oh, God. Uh, Jimmy? Uh, you can find me at joeblow.com and, of course, arrowinthehead.com and uh, on Facebook, James Oster, and uh, Twitter, jimmy to the L. Instagram, too, by the way. You can find me also Twitter and Instagram at Aaron's PS4. You can find my personal site at thecodazeek.com. And, of course, I write for Wise the Blue as well. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this week's uh, episode of the uh, the horror the horror specials that we've been doing. This is a lot of fun, guys. This is no, it's it is. Fun. <laughs> Whenever we, we can this. get these coordinated and go together, it's been a blast. So. Oh, yeah. Now the only thing is, we got to get Abe in on the '80s. I just I feel like he I feel like he he <laughs> Abe, needs to be there for the '80s. Abe is good for the '90s. I can tell you that right now. Okay, will okay. be better for the '90s. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. He won't be in for the '80s, but he might be in for the '90s. We'll see if I can get him in on here. Cool. But uh, but yeah, guys, uh, this has been good. Uh, so yeah, until next next until next Friday, this one's gonna drop this coming Friday, and this next one will drop the Friday after that. Uh, that's gonna do it. So so long and goodbye. Mm-hmm.